It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back, everybody, to a very special episode of the Junkyard Dollcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Our guest today, the guest of the day, if you're listening to this on Monday, is Benjamin Wolk, who is the newest member of the Dogs 2417. I figured this would be a good idea to, to have Ben on to talk a little bit about the role he's stepping into and, and what he's going to bring to all you guys on Dogs 247. Ben, the uh, the wait is over as far as uh, everyone who's listening to this today. This will come out on your first day. Just how excited are you to uh, be joining us over at Dogs 247? Oh, man, Jordan, you already know. Um, you and I have been talking about this for more than a year now. Um, at, you know, as we knew, things were shifting a little bit over at Dogs 24-7. So I'm excited as ever to be back, obviously covering my alma mater. Um, we've talked about this and we might talk about this a little bit more today, but I've been selling software for the last few years and my gosh, I can't tell you how glad I am to be out of the corporate world talking about Georgia recruiting football. I know you've been you know, crushing it with basketball as well. So I'm excited to just get back into the world of not setting up in the stands, even though uh, you know I really enjoyed that while I was doing it. Yeah, and you picked a good time to do it, no doubt yeah. about it. Um, make sure uh, I wanted to make sure and plug some of your social media yeah. at Benjamin Wolk on Twitter, on Instagram at the best Instagram handle at dog Wolk W O L K. Um, and I'll, I'll say on the Instagram too, that's a brand new Instagram. I didn't want y'all getting into any of my personal life or anything like that. So I've made a completely Georgia branded Instagram account. So please do follow that because you know, making content for 50 followers doesn't do me a whole lot of good. So, uh, yeah, I definitely want to push people there as well. But, yeah, on Twitter, too. Fair point. Fair point. Well, Ben, for the people who don't know you, who may not have, uh, you know, seen your stuff before, just give them a little bit of your background. You know, what you've done in the past, specifically when it comes uh, to football, to football recruiting, and, and just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. So uh, just like background on me, I grew up in the state of Georgia from Gwinnett County, uh, went to Peachtree Ridge High School for any of you all that are familiar with the Gwinnett County area and went to the University of Georgia, enrolled in 2010, graduated in 2013, um, really got into covering football and recruiting specifically the same way you and a lot of other of us that are in, went to Grady College did, you know, covering for the red and black, helping freelance for Seth Emerson with the Macon Telegraph. And I know you did some stuff with the Columbus Ledger Inquirer. I think my bylines ended up there through that partnership with Macon Telegraph sometimes as well. Um, and really dug in and got my feet wet in what all of this even means. How do you even do this job while I was in school? You know, as well as anyone, what a good job the Grady College does in terms of 
creating that new crop of talent. Um, graduated from Georgia in 2013 and started working at the Oconee Enterprise, the weekly newspaper in Oconee. Did that for a little while, really looking to get to a weekly or a daily newspaper and ended up down at Brunswick, uh, the Brunswick News down in Brunswick, St. Simons Island. Um, really spent my time there covering, I mean, I think the first story that I ever wrote was a recruiting story down, or the first story down there I ever wrote was a recruiting story, uh, DJ Dallas committing. Ended up in Miami now with the Seahawks, but had committed to Georgia at the time. I think that was the first story I ever wrote for the Brunswick News down there, but lived down there for a year. Uh, best decision I ever made, met, met my wife. She was the editor of the Coastal Illustrated down there. And that's when I got over cover, or after that, that's when I went over and started covering Auburn. Um, so really, I would say for the purposes of this job, those four years that I spent in Auburn are really, you know, what sets me up to, um, you know, cover Georgia the way that I want to. And so I covered Auburn for SEC country and rivals for four years. We can talk a little bit more about some of that as you want. But um, yeah, that's really kind of my background. And then in 2019, 2020, I decided that I needed a little bit of a life shift. I wanted to get back to Athens, you know, so I moved back to Athens, Georgia with my wife, got out of the industry, lived in the corporate world for a little while and drove myself mad enough that I felt like I needed to come back and you were gracious enough to help me do it. So, And we welcome you with open arms. There's no doubt about that, Ben. Uh, talking specifically about when you've covered recruiting, you know, what draws you to covering recruiting? What are your favorite things about being a recruiting writer? Because, you know, stepping in this role, you're going to do a lot with Georgia, but also the state of Georgia, which we know uh, turns out so much talent year after year. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is, and I think everybody's grown to realize this, especially in the Georgia sphere because of everything Kirby's done over the last seven years, but recruiting is everything. I mean, it sounds so cheap and easy, but it's just the truth. Like, Roster management, especially, you know, we look at the transfer portal now as well. Roster management has never been more important than it is today. And being able to control those 85 scholarship numbers is the integral factor to you winning games, winning championships, being successful, seeing your name at the top of, you know, any kind of list that you're seeing, you know, in terms of, you know, we're the best at this position group or we're the best at this position group, whatever tight end you, re receiver you that everyone wants to throw out there. Recruiting does all of that. So again, there's more to it that you get on campus for those four years and there's the development aspect of it. There's the actual practicing and playing games aspect of it. But we all know the accumulation of talent is everything in college football. And so I think covering recruiting, being at the grassroots level of that and seeing, you know, what are Georgia coaches looking for in players? Why are they emphasizing these guys? How are they going to actually end up bringing them in house? What relationships do they have to build? I think, you know, I want to build those relationships as well to be able to tell those stories. And I, I think that um, you know, it just sets you, you know, it sets you up to really know these guys three or four years from now as well when they become the, the superstars that they're going to become. So mentioning Georgia's recruiting, obviously they have been stockpiling talent year after year. And I want to get your perception because you've been watching from the outside. You've gotten a chance to watch this. Um, what do you make of what Georgia has consistently done with Kirby um, and what has them in this position where they are routinely, you know, if not the number one class, usually the top three year after year? I mean, it's relentlessness. I mean, it's it sounds so, you know, it's not there's nothing exciting about it, but Kirby works hard. Like I, I would be shocked if there's anybody in college football that works harder than Kirby Smart. And as a result, all of the people that work for Kirby Smart all work harder than all of the people that work for the other coaches. And the reality of that is if you work hard, if you build those relationships, if you're, I mean, you know, I can only imagine given how much I'm reaching out to people 
and trying to talk to people. I can only imagine how many people are trying to have those same conversations with all of those people. I can only imagine what the phone is doing on the other side for those folks. Um, and so I really think it's as simple as that. If you work your tail off, which Kirby Smart does and all of his people do, you're going to find success. And it seems like a, you know, simple approach, but it, you know, it's not, not everybody's wired that way to be able to do that. And this day and age, the recruiting calendar is insane. Like it is a crazy place to work right now. Um, and they do it better than anybody. And then obviously it goes without saying, once you find a little bit of success, it's going to become a little bit easier. I mean, you win two national championships in a row. You want to get people on campus. You're going to be getting people on campus that you maybe weren't getting on campus three or four years ago. It just becomes a heck of a lot easier. Looking at the state of Georgia, you know, you know this well from growing up in the state, especially being from Gwinnett County. Uh, what do you make of the current state of the state of Georgia's recruiting, the type of prospects, the caliber of prospects that are coming out and uh, what we'll see in 2024, 2025, and, and even on down the line. Yeah, I mean, there was probably a time like two decades ago, you could say that Georgia was maybe under recruit or undervalued as a recruiting state. That's obviously not the case anymore. I mean, I, I saw the NFL draft graphic that had like people where they came from and the per capita numbers for the state of Georgia are as good or better than anywhere across the country. I mean, there's going to be the you know, Florida, Texas, California volume that they're going to be able to have just on sheer size. But I mean, Georgia is being recruited as heavily as it's ever been. And, you know, truth be told, Georgia has taken a slightly different approach to recruiting where they look at the state of Georgia, figure out who in the state of Georgia fits the mold of the guys that they want at certain position groups. And then they begin looking elsewhere. And because they've had such success, you know, in the West Coast, in the Northeast, it's given other teams the ability to probably step into the state of Georgia and get some guys that they may not have gotten in the past because Georgia has taken a more national approach to what they've done. And so I think that's a good thing for the state of Georgia because it just means, you know, more schools are getting exposure to these guys, more kids are getting exposure in different states. And so the state of Georgia is just taking off in terms of the value that it has in the recruiting space. Again, like it, you know, it, it's as good of a state as any in terms of recruiting. And I don't think that's going to change. It's probably only going to improve. And the exposure that the University of Georgia has as the best program in college football right now is probably going to, you know, you, you might not see these things for 10 years, but when you think about, you know, elementary school, middle school guys right now, they're living in the state of Georgia. Football is everything right now. I mean, it's always been king, but it is as king as it's ever been. And so I'm sure that you're going to see the effects of that, you know, 10 years from now. Yeah, definitely not going to hurt Georgia's chances when you look in the long run, especially in the state. Uh, ben, I want to ask you a couple of UGA and sort of Athens-related questions. Uh, first one, what what are your favorite restaurants in Athens? What are your go-to places? I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a barbecue guy, so I do like – there was some discourse on the board about Southern Soul down in St. Simons that I wasn't too thrilled about. There was some slander of Southern Soul that I'm just going to let pass because I'm too new to tell anybody not, you know, to, to pipe down on it. But I'm a, I'm a barbecue guy. So Pulaski Heights is probably the place that I end up eating the most, um, you know, for, br for brunch, going to like the chicken and waffles at the place, I think is the best entree in the state of or in the city of Athens. But you really, I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, there's new places all the time, everywhere popping up. I mean, and you can kind of go anywhere in town to get places, downtown, five points. Uh, but if I can only have one more dish in Athens, I'm going to the place and getting the chicken and waffles for sure. 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, I think I saw this when you announced. Were you at Mama's Boy? When, when I you... did. Yeah, I did. I was going to I was going to meet some somebody in town and they were like, where do you want to meet? And, you know, I live about 15 minutes outside of Athens, so it's easy for me to get in. But I'm not coming in downtown or towards campus all the time. Um, so they were coming from campus and I said, you know what, why don't we just meet at Mama's Boy? It's been a while since I've been there. And I figured what better way to announce than sitting at an Athens staple, you know? You know, you never know when someone new is joining the team. I saw that mention and I was like, all right, we're in good hands. I, f- I feel okay about what's going on here. And I saw someone did reply on the board when I sent the picture of the biscuit. They made some comments about like, it's that's a square biscuit. Real biscuits are round. And I just want to say like, if you're, if you're making fun of Mama's Boy's biscuits, that's a you problem. That's all I'm going to say. That that might wind up getting banned. That's all I'm yeah. going to say. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not here to say what the rules on all that are, but it, to me, as far as banning goes, there's a lot of bad stuff you can do on a message board. But slander and mama's boys up there, no doubt about it. Um, the, some of the people who have followed you the last few years may have seen uh, that you are frequently at Georgia men's basketball games. I have to ask you a very divisive question: Where are we on Spike? Are we are we for Spike? Are we against Spike? Where where do you fall on this very important matter? Yeah, so I was I actually had season tickets to the basketball games this season. So I was at funny I was at every single one except for the Kentucky game that they won. I was in New York City uh, that weekend, so I missed the one that was probably the most fun to be in Stegman this year, but. I mean, you know, I find him to be entertaining. I go to most of the games with my wife and she just thinks he's the greatest mascot of all time. Like she just loves him. We can't, the second we get to our seats, the first thing she's doing is looking for Spike. And there was a little bit of a scare this year because uh, like he got popped. I saw the video of him getting popped. I didn't know for a few games he was gone. I was worried about him. My wife was, I mean, she was in real tough shape, not seeing Spike at the games. Um, so, you know, he's, I like Spike. He's fun. When he, when the, you know, I guess Spike is a, you know, a a real being. So when Spike flips upside down on his head and I would assume there's not anybody inside standing on their feet, jumping up and down, it's actually Spike bouncing up and down on his head. But I'd say that's what probably gets the people going the most. Yeah. We need to really consider some CTE uh, after, after effects of bouncing on one's head. I I haven't done the research, but that can't be good for you. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, first question or final question before we get into some questions from the people on the junkyard, uh, kind of just a broad question, Ben, what do you want people to know as far as what you are bringing to this job, what you want them to expect, uh, to anticipate from the stories you do and, and what you're going to be bringing the dogs to for seven. No, that's good. Actually. I wish I would have mentioned that earlier. Cause I, for anybody that didn't see my first post when they, I was announced on the board, I really want to reiterate some of the things that I put in there as well. So like, I like to have a good time. You know, I've been sort of on in, you know, those of you that are watching this, I've kind of been in your shoes at times as the person that's just consuming the Georgia content. So I know this beat. I know who does it. I know who does it really, really well. And I followed it very closely for a long time. It's been my passion. It's been even when I've been covering Auburn and I've been, you know, doing that objectively, I, obviously still have a care for Georgia because it's where I'm from. So I've always followed it closely. And I know what Rusty Manziel meant to this site. I know the work that he does in the state. I know the relationships that he has. And I totally, you know, I'd be in the same shoes as some people saying like, oh, that, I think I made the joke on Twitter. Like you'd have to be a lunatic to replace Rusty at 24 seven. And I say it in jest a little bit, but the reality is, you know, you got to know what you're up against when you're going into it. And so I plan to, 
work my butt off. I think that's the big thing. Get out, see recruits. I've got things lined up this week, going out to see guys that are going to be on official visits this upcoming weekend. Um, so I think the big thing is I'm going to, you know, work to build relationships the way that you all expect them to be built. I'm not going to do it day one. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll be out somewhere Monday morning. I'm not going to spoil the surprise yet, but I'll be out somewhere Monday morning. But I'm not going to build every relationship that needs to be built to know every single last thing that's happening with every single recruit on day one. I'm not saying that to cover my own behind. I'm saying that to say, I want you to know what to expect early on. And over the course of time, I promise you the coverage that you're going to get at Dogs 24-7 is going to parallel anything else that you are you know, paying to subscribe to anywhere else because it's what I'm passionate about. And I know at being on your side of things, what it's like to be looking for information from the people that are covering this. So I'm going to make sure that you know, I'll be able to, I'll take setbacks at time and say, all right, if I was not doing this and I was just looking at my coverage objectively, would I be getting the coverage that I feel like I want that I'm paying for? And if my answer to that is no, I promise you that I'll be the first person saying, Ben, get, get your act together to be doing it because, um, yeah, I didn't get, I didn't get out of the corporate world to get back into this, to not give you guys what you all deserve. So. We're going to take a quick break, come back and, uh, take some questions from the junkyard, see what they got to offer Ben. Welcome back, everybody. Well, we're going to jump right into some of these questions from the board. Uh, maybe the biggest one, Ben, from Lagstalk, who says, would you still be here even if Mechie and Williams didn't get injured? You know, that's that's the butterfly effect that mm -hmm. I think has been on everybody's mind since this hire was announced. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak for Williams and Mechie. I mean, for for Marvin Harris, when Marvin Harrison got taken, I was at the Peach Bowl for that one. Obviously, adrenaline was quite high in the building at that moment. So, uh, you know, if that hadn't happened, I don't know what the after effects would have been. Um, but yeah, no, I I saw that question on the board. I was like, I don't know how the heck, how the hell I'm going to answer this one. But yeah, I mean, um, I'll say it's a big that that whole argument is a big pet peeve of mine. So we won't even go down that road. Fair enough. JB Dogs 03 asks, and I think this honestly is a pretty important question. Mm -hmm. What will Ben's philosophy be on crystal balls? Uh, it's something that, you know, we use to uh, great effect and, and quite useful in recruiting on the site. But uh, what do you think about how you want to use crystal balls? Sometimes uh, recruiting riders will hold them until it's very obvious the commit's coming. Sometimes it's more of a prediction tool. Uh, what do you think as you step in, how you want to sort of handle that? That's a good question. I used to do crystal balls when I was at, before I went to Rivals, when I was at SEC Country, I did them. Actually, I, I encourage, and I don't, this isn't a, well, actually, no, it is a pat myself on the back moment. I encourage everybody to go back to 2018. There was a moment in the summer, I threw, threw in three crystal ball picks on Georgia, just kind of out of the blue, got some good information. I know that there was some buzz that was going on, like, but it was Jordan Davis, Cade Mays, and Otis Reese. I know that they didn't all turn out the way that everybody wanted to necessarily, but Jordan Davis certainly did. Um, but what I'll say on that is this after, after, you know, my little, you know, self preservation moment there, um, I want to know what you all want, like what the people at dogs 24 seven want. I was actually going to, when I saw the question, I was going to answer it here this way. And then I'm going to post something on the board kind of asking, because to your point, I know what, how people feel about that they see a crystal ball pick what does that mean does that mean this guy is committing to georgia in 24 hours does that mean we're just feeling the buzz and things are going the way that we think that they're going i want to i want what you all want so i can handle the crystal ball approach whichever way you want you'll see in my reporting not the crystal ball in my reporting 
how I think things are trending, where I think guys will probably be leaning. Like I'm going to be throwing that into my coverage, but when it comes to the crystal ball, I really do want to take sort of a majority opinion. So I'll throw something on the board asking about that. And I want as much feedback as possible from as many of you as possible to know what you think is. Obviously, I know not everybody's going to have the same sentiment on it, but I'll try and take a majority approach on things. Um, I mean, my general feeling on it is I don't want to wait until 10 minutes before and say, I know this guy's coming because he sent commitment graphics to 15 different people and everybody in the industry knows it. But at the same time, I don't want to just be, you know, blowing with the wind every time that you hear a new report out about a certain guy. So I think there's a, a balance there. And, you know, I want you to see a Benjamin Wolk crystal ball and say, all right, this, this means something. I don't want it to be like, oh, he just switched his crystal ball again because that's the way that things are sort of trending, you know, in the press. So um, I don't have a perfect answer on that, but I do want to get feedback from everybody that's listening to this and everybody that'll be on the board about what you think is the best way to approach that. Next question comes from Dosta Dog underscore two four seven S. How important is hand size? I don't know if this is maybe a Kenny, a Kenny Pickett a burner account, but uh, just generally, uh, how important is hand size been? Um, I mean. Truth, like truthfully, I'm a big measurables guy. Like I know, like, and I know that the reason for that, I think most people that work in recruiting is, you know, cornerbacks fit a certain mold, quarterbacks fit a certain mold, defensive linemen fit a certain mold, whether it's arm length, hand size, you know, so obviously I know that the question was asked in jest, but the reality is I do think that those things matter. Do I think that Kenny Pickett having nine inch hands is, you know, an end all be all for what his NFL success is going to be. Obviously not. But I think in recruiting, these guys come on camps and they run forties for the, for coaches. And if you're a safety that's running a four, seven, I mean, you could be the best player in your state in terms of playmaking, but if you're running a four, seven as a safety, chances are, you know, a school like Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state, like they're probably not recruiting you just because of certain measurables that you have. So I do look at those things very closely because I think that coaches are looking at that to dictate who are we bringing on board to fill our rosters um, you know, how, how important is hand size for a quarterback? I mean, anything, le- I, I mean, I think there is a stat out there. It's like anything less than nine inches and you're like, or maybe it's less than nine and a half inches. And it's like, you haven't won a playoff game in X amount of time or something like that. So it's rare. Um, but you can't, that can't be, that can't be the only evaluating factor, I guess. A very thorough answer to a very silly question. <laughs> I, love, I love to see it. A couple more that are not quite as serious or, or thorough. Uh, spots are tight asks preferred adult libation uh, what what is your go-to drink um i don't know if this is gonna like sh- show my ass a little bit too much but i mean I, i'm a tequila drinker and i'm a uh you know i hops when i'm drinking beers hops don't usually sit as well with me and when i start drinking anything it's like a mixed drink it doesn't really sit well with me so i try and stick with tequila and something that is not sugary to kind of water it down a little bit but it sounds like a crazy answer, but that is just typically the way that I go. You just got to accept who you are, Ben. That's all all you can do. Uh, Judge Larry Dog asks, what's your favorite mayonnaise? I mean, I, I guess Dukes because they, they just do such a great sponsorship with the – though I know our, our boy Josh Pate uh, nationally is not a fan of the opening day neutral site game. So maybe Dukes is part of the problem there. I don't know. So I don't know. I guess I'll have to think about that answer. 
me and uh, Team Hellman's are, are very disappointed in, in your decision. Your oh, what, should, what should my answer? Oh, okay. Yeah. Hellman sounded good to me. That's all I know. Uh, last question we got from the board. Oh, uh, God. They may have to fool you this one. What was Ben's previous screen name on here? That was yep. the, Yes, Sir, which I'm <laughs> hoping is Sam Pittman. Yep. You're going to have to go through the uh, open records request to get that one. You wouldn't even believe me if I told you. So I'm not going to tell you. Ke our, our, our boss, Kevin Ryan, cut it cut it off when we started my new account so we started fresh nobody will ever be able to dig up any old posts or anything like that uh, so yeah you'll, you'll just have to keep guessing the speculation will have to go on forever my money is on it was either gunna or deputy dog who strangely have gone missing since yeah well i mean coincidence yeah. i mean hey who's to say who's to say Ben, I really appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything else you want to tell the listeners of this podcast, the Junkyard members, uh, everyone who's going to be checking out your content at Dogs247? No, I, I mean, I'll say I appreciate the warm welcome. You know, I made the joke about it in another thread about, you know, y'all could have ripped me a new one. Y'all could have been real mean when I announced that who the hell's this guy? You didn't. So I appreciate that. I promise you, I'm going to give you the coverage that you all deserve. I'm going to be out there this week going to see a couple guys that were on visits this last weekend, a few guys that are going to be on visits this upcoming weekend, and I'm going to be working the phones trying to get guys as well. Um, it's going to be a huge June for Georgia. I don't think it takes somebody that's covering Georgia recruiting to be able to say that. There's going to be a million guys on campus for official visits throughout this weekend. There's going to be camps throughout the weeks on uh, in between as well, and Georgia's going to add to its already best class in the country. So it, it's going to be a good month. And, um, you know, that makes that makes it so that I'm, I'm jumping in head first. It's going to be a, a busy time my first month on the job. So I'm excited. Good month for Georgia and a good month for Dogs 247. Ben, we're so excited to have you and can't wait to get this thing rolling. Absolutely.